What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Daily Stripe, May 18th. It's a Thursday. Club going up on a Thursday. I'm starting this one off with just myself, Nick Kreider, and Alex Disopolis repping the SMU swag. Your family, your family has a very cultured collegiate um, background. Yeah. Why don't you tell the fans a little bit about where all your siblings went, where your parents went? Because I think it's it's one of the more, um, I guess, diverse college backgrounds. Maybe, maybe. I yeah, it's it's pretty diverse. A lot of different schools, a lot of a lot of different representation. So you're a Longhorn. Uh, that's 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 known. Yeah, I went to I got my undergrad at University of Texas in Austin, Hook'em Horns. Uh, my mom went to LSU, Louisiana State University. My dad grew up in Georgia, went to undergrad at Emory. I think they're the Eagles. I could be wrong. They're probably not. Uh, and then he went to law school at the University of Georgia. Go Dogs. My older brother went to Tulane for undergrad in New Orleans, and then he went to, he most recently graduated uh, with his master's from SMU. That's why I'm rocking the SMU jacket right now. Uh, for and the then listeners. best for last, right? Drum yeah, roll, best for last, my sister. sister went to Harvard, which like, <laughs> and then she went and got her grad, grad school degree uh, at Emory, where my dad went and got his undergrad. So that was cool. But I, I bought this SMU jacket, not only to support my brother, and those listening at 1090, it's like a it's nice, like, it's a white, like kind of rain jacket with a, with a cool little red Mustang on it with the D it is SMU, you know that, but I think that a lot of people, like I could just tell them that it's a Dallas jacket and it would work fine. Cause it's, it's got that D on there. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. That I just D. liked it. It was a cool jacket. It was on sale 
And uh, so I, I ripped it. I went with the purchase. Yeah, yeah your, your Dallas Mavs were so close to getting Victor Wembanyama. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, okay, so they got the 10th pick. We kept our pick. That was what was most important to me. Now we can trade it. We can take a guy. We didn't give it up to the, the New York Knicks. Um, but apparently the Mavericks and the Wizards we're it's one like a, ping pong ball away. We're one ping pong ball away, which doesn't actually mean that you were that close. Cause like, it's like getting a lotto ticket and you're the last three digits are zero one two as opposed to zero one one. But the entirety of the rest of the lottery ticket, like also has to be the same, you know, like it's right. Like, but you were like a fourth of the way there. Cause there's four numbers, right? I or guess. sorry, you, you were three fourths of the way there. Cause you're one ping pong ball away. Right. Right. Um, I think it would have meant it would have like hurt me more or just been more impactful if like they did they like told you what the numbers were ahead of time and you knew that going into it. But they they draw the lottery an hour before the broadcast starts, um, and then they like sequester everyone in the room, take their phones. But congrats to the San Antonio Spurs on uh, drafting Victor Wembanyama basically in a month from now. Yeah, it's it's going to be epic for their franchise. He'll be with Pop who had the pleasure of coaching Tim Duncan and also David Robinson. Uh, it's a great place for an international guy to go. You think about oh, Tony Parker, you think about time. Ginobili. Um, Timmy D is actually from the Virgin Islands. I know it's a it's a U.S. affiliate, but uh, still not born in the domestic United States. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Spurs can become once again. Good for them. But yeah, I mean, last night, we're still in the, the conference finals and the Celtics lost game one to the Miami heat, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy buckets, playoff, Jimmy, once again, just showing up, showing up, showing out 35 points. He was dominant Tatum and Brown played well, but like Tatum had two turnovers in the last two minutes, some shades of some of their, their bumps and bruises that they had in, in round one and round two. Uh, not a fun game if you're a Boston Celtics fan. And obviously, Josh is not here. Yeah, to we we saved team. we saved this little talk so you guys don't have to get uh, bored with the crying of Josh and his Boston Celtics. But I want to ask he's you. Probably, he's probably calling for Missoula's head once again. Yeah, exactly. I want to ask. Though, I mean, there's been so many great performances this playoff. You know, of course, Jokic is doing his thing early on. Booker was doing his thing. You know, you have Embiid as, as well and Harden and. You know, Tatum has gone off for some good some good runs and stuff. But as it stands right now, is Jimmy Butler the MVP of the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. He, he and Jokic are right there with each other. Obviously, they're both still in it. But I would give the edge to Jimmy because they weren't supposed to be here. They weren't. Right. I mean, I know no one is surprised. Like Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat, Pat Riley, Jimmy Butler – They've been here before. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last last year. They almost advanced to the finals. One shot at the end of Game 7 would have taken them past the Celtics, and they would have been playing the Warriors. Um, they were the number one overall seed last year in the East. But this season, they were a playing team. They had a negative point differential. I think their point differential, so points scored over the entire season versus points scored against, was like minus 36 or something like that. And their points differential in the playoffs is like plus 56. So this has been a completely different team in the playoffs. But yeah, I'd probably put Jimmy one, Jokic two, just because of expectations. Right. Has there, there's never been an eight seed to win the finals, right? Or let alone go to the finals or. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't either. Think, yeah. 
Yeah, it says right now that, however, no eight seed has advanced the NBA Finals as far as conference finals started. Um, so that would be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's getting more and more realistic, you know, as we go on. I mean, they just took game one. I would not be shocked if they won this series. Yeah, getting one on the road, one of the first two games is huge. They don't have to win this next one, but all the pressure's on Boston at TD Garden, and then you're headed to Miami, and they play really, really well at home. That crowd shows up. There's always a ton of fun celebrities there, and it's just like it's a winning it's been a winning franchise for the last 15, 17 years, you know, since they got Dwayne Wade, basically. So, yeah, I mean, the Celtics, like, they have to bear down and buckle up because yeah. the, the Heat will not, like, be, I still believe that the Celtics, are, the Celtics are the most talented team remaining in the postseason as far as just, like, pure talent across the roster. But that that doesn't mean that the Heat are going to just give up and let them they will do the exact opposite they will they will fight tooth and nail um to to get on to the next round yep so tatum and brown are going to be tested once again and we're going to have the exact same conversations we had in the last series where we were like well if they lose what happens does brown go elsewhere what's up with missoula like yeah marcus smart do they do they move him finally he's played with the celtics his entire career but i i um I don't. I have no like. I can't call this series now. I, I right. don't know. I really well, don't know what to say. I think early on on BetOnline.ag, we were mentioning that the Celtics were like minus five fifty or something to yeah. win this series, and so I'm sure it's changed a little bit since then. But I'm sure they're probably still the favorite to win this series. But heavy favorite, I'm sure. You got you got to imagine that like all this outside noise as well kind of affects you as a team sometimes. Like what's going to happen with Tatum and Brown? What's going to happen with Smart? What's going to happen with Missoula? You know, people are already speculating what happens in the off season. And I know it's your job as a professional to tune that kind of stuff out. However, it still definitely gets to you sometimes and it gets to a locker room because you hear that stuff. I mean, you're on Twitter, you're active, you see what's going on. Um, can't be fun to hear all that. Um, but Boston, we'll see if it's, if there's panic mode yet. Uh, I doubt there is. They've got time. Another Boston team heading to San Diego this weekend. Minus 220, by the way. Minus 220. Another Boston team is headed to San Diego this weekend to take on our struggling Padres. Um, probably one of the most disappointing teams so far of the MLB season. Um, of course, there's a couple of others down there, the Mets, the Cardinals. Um, but the San Diego roster that's built on hitting that has supposed to be one of the most impressive one through four lineups um, can't seem to hit, can't seem to hit with runners in scoring position. In fact, they are historically right now the worst team hitting with runners in scoring position. Like if uh, the season ended today, they would, they would hold the MLB record? They would. Yep. So, ML, so Danny, Danny Vietti of the, of the wake and rake podcast that is also with believe, go check those guys out. If you want to hear more baseball talk, um, made a tweet yesterday and I mean, he just basically did some basic research. No team in MLB history has ever had a batting average with runners in scoring position lower than 200. And right now the 2023 Padres are sitting at 196 with runners in scoring position. It's an all-time low. And, I mean, it doesn't stop there. He made another tweet. Why are the Padres often struggling? Okay, well, 196 with runners in scoring position, that's the worst in baseball. 
uh, 208 batting average with runners on base in general, worst mm-hmm. in baseball, um, 108 strikeouts with runners in scoring position, worst in ba- most in baseball, um, 18 strikeouts with runners on third base, most in baseball, and then they have the highest uh, strikeout rate with the bases loaded. So 42.1%. Almost 50% of the which time when the bases are loaded, they strike out. It's Which is basically just like, we talk about runners in scoring position, you talk about the bases loaded. The <clears> one thing you can't do as a hitter is strike out. Because right. if you're in a one-out situation or a no-out situation, like just put the ball in play. Just yeah. Put the ball in play and you'll bring someone home. Forget about the average at that point. Just like, you just got to put numbers up on the board. Yeah. We, uh, we played a game yesterday against Kansas City. You know, that's a series that you should win, right? Kansas City right. had coming into this series, I think, had 11 wins, um, or maybe they had 12 wins. We take game one, you know, in, in, uh, you know, statement fashion. And then game two, we let the, the base path errors get in our way and shoot us in the foot. And, um, you know, you can't come back from that and lose that. And so, okay, you want to take game two, at least, you know, win the series. And, you lose game three as well. And they had bases loaded, I think three separate times and could not get it done. I think the ways that they scored were a Bach and an air. Trent Grisham had, he left nine runners on base. Like he himself as an individual. He struck out four times yesterday. Gold, golden sombrero. You know, they've been wearing the sombrero, but I mean, you know, people are looking at what needs to change. I mean, game one was a, was a big, we won that game, but we lost Manny Machado. Brad Keller, former Charity Stripe guest, uh, plunked Manny Machado and fractured his hand. Um, and for some reason, Bob Melvin says that he's not going to hit the IL yet because he wants to see if you know he can be able to, to play. And look, we know Manny's a, a great competitor, and we know that he's played through injuries before. He played through the really bad ankle injury last season. However, it's a fractured hand. It's not on his throwing hand, but you know, it's a fractured hand. I mean, we lost Bryce Harper last season. Uh, Blake yeah, Snell hit him in the head. I mean, you're here. Like, you're here. Yeah. It's, uh, how is he going to – it's also – this is the, your your inside hand for right-handed batter. Your left hand is the one that takes the majority of the, like, the shock when you swing through the bat because it's your yep. follow-through hand. Like, what – I don't get that at all. Yeah. Maybe it's not that big of a fracture. I, I, I don't know. Um, But, you know, losing Manny Machado, the captain of your team, you know, the – X factor of your offense. I mean, there's other guys in that lineup that need to step up, but it's a big blow. You know, it's a big blow just to the morale of the of the locker room and you know, just to the rest of the hitters. Now, what needs to change? And you know, I was talking to Heath Bell about this, co-host of Ring the Bell, and he said San Diego's always had bad hitting coaches. Like it's it's never not been a thing. You know, we've always talked about how guys come to San Diego and they struggle or guys leave San Diego and they end up performing better. And yes, I know that Manny Machado has been great. You know, Fernando Tatis has done his thing. You know, Juan Soto's kind of picking it back up. But, you know, we've seen instances with him where, like, he's not been the Juan Soto of old when he was winning batting titles. Um, You know, there's guys that could be performing a lot better than they are. You know, I mean, Xander Bogart started off hot and he's been in a really massive slump. So what needs to change? And I really kind of look at the staff. You know, there's three guys on this uh, this this hitting staff 
that, you know, I think needs to be shaken up a little bit. And I don't necessarily know who that person is, but you've got Ryan Flaherty, who's the bench coach and offensive coordinator. You've got Oscar, Oscar Bernard, who's the assistant hitting coach. Okay. And you've got Scott Kulbach, who's also his assistant hitting coach. One of those three guys has to go, at least. I think that's that. there needs to be a significant shakeup where you have someone new come in or something needs to change philosophically. It's either these guys aren't prepared for their pitching matchups on a day-to-day basis, they're not focused, or their coaches aren't giving them the right adjustments. Those coaches need to be in there making guys, giving guys adjustments. And maybe there's a factor of there's too many superstars on this team, and these guys don't feel like they have the confidence or you know the ability to tell a superstar to fix something in their swing. Hmm. But something needs to change. It's interesting. I mean... Yeah, it's one of those sports where you're you're hitting you hit as an individual, right? But you no. also you as a hitter, like there's it's contagious the too. It's contagious. The intelligence factor of it comes into play when there are guys on base, obviously. And then you have to figure out, okay, how do I how do I want to differentiate and change up what I'm going to do than what I typically would do when there's no runners on? And clearly what the entire team is doing when there are runners on is not working right now. And I, I just, yeah, I guess there's not enough adjustments being made. I'm, I'm with you. Like if that's the move that, that has to be made, go do it. But I ultimately like it's, it's the guys that have to swing the bats and get it done. But I also think like, you know, it's a, it's a sport of slumps. It's a sport of, um, guys, guys catch fire too. Maybe you just, you know, Xander's in a slump right now, but maybe Tatis and Soto can, can kind of flip it around and, and they can, um, hold up the rest of the lineup. I mean, I think that's the, that's the thing, right? When you have this many good bats, you kind of are banking on, okay, one guy might be off, but then the other guys are going to be on. And right. you know that we have enough good bats in our lineup to, to make it work. But when everything's going bad, I mean, it, this is the result, but they're still not, they're in a place where if they go on in the next 15 games, they go 12 and three, like they're right back in it. They're going to be right. the number two team in the division. And like, it's very doable to turn this thing around really quickly. For sure. And we've seen it time and time again. I mean, the Nationals, when they won the World Series, you know, a few years ago, they started off very poorly. Right. Phillies, Phillies last year got to the, the World Series. They knocked out the Padres. But people remember they fired their manager, Joe Girardi, at the beginning of the season because they started off so poorly. Yeah, I'm not saying we're calling for Bob Melvin's head here. I do think he's the right guy for the job. But sometimes teams start very slow and they got to pick it up in the second half. Like I, I would not be shocked if they went 12 and three, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's something that's super doable for them. And we looked at how the race started this season. You know what I mean? They didn't lose a game for what, 17, 18 games. I don't I remember the exact number, but they can go on a run. It's really troubling. You've dropped down to fourth in division here, you know, a division where people were projecting you to win, or at least, you know, be close with the Dodgers. You're eight games behind the Dodgers. That was not the case, you know, a month ago or, you know, two weeks ago. And they're two, two for their last 10, 10 games. They've won two of their last 10 games. And uh, their run differential is not good as well. And pitching has not been bad. I mean, you've been doing his thing. You know, Wacob has been doing his thing. You know, Joe's been okay here and there. Snell's actually not been that bad. Just, I don't know. It's really that's, troubling. I mean, that's and even more discouraging, games. I would say, right? Is like when the when the pitchers are actually pitching well, like 
the like the the Rangers lost last night. We put up five runs. We lost to the Braves six five because our bullpen blew it. Like, yeah, sucked. And we need some massive. Uh, we need some massive overhauls in the bullpen. Yep. But and that's I feel like the normal thing, right? The normal thing is okay. Our bats are fine. I'm just talking like generally when like a good MLB team, it's like okay, but our bullpen isn't shored up enough. Right. And we need to go make an acquisition before the that's, trade deadline. Yeah. Those are for sure that depth. Those are for sure the most frequent like deadline acquisitions. But you know, you mentioned that you just need a big game to uh, you know make a statement and get the offense going. Yeah, and like it? and like this Kansas City series should have been that series. Right. It's it's a team that has you know twelve wins heading into the series, like that has to be the series where you get the bats going because now you're playing Boston who's playing really good baseball. And then you have the nationals. Maybe you get it going then, but then you go to New York and play the Yankees. And then you go to Miami and play the Marlins who are playing good baseball. And then you play the Cubs who are playing good baseball. And you're playing the Mariners. You know, it's like, there's, this is a tough schedule. And I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm looking kind of like far ahead, but like, you know, I don't want to be sitting here in June trying to get it started. I mean, you've got the June 9th series against Colorado in Colorado. That right there has got to be like definitely your last chance to get the offense going because you're in Colorado and the ball flies there. You know what I mean? Like that's like your Mexico City series, you know, 2.0. Maybe they need, maybe the, the New York one will actually be a blessing in disguise where the the lights being bright if they if they continued this bad play this poor play against the the red Sox, and then they end up going to the yankees the the chirping around the league is going to be like maybe the padres don't have it this season and then if they can flip it around you know in a major series on the road against the yankees i mean that would be huge and maybe these guys need kind of a okay this is it like this is it look yourself in the mirror and, and make it happen it's it's do or die time and i know it's so early in the season still but like at a certain point, you get too far behind, right? Yep. And when a team like the Dodgers is playing as well as they are right now, like you just you don't want that gap and that margin between those two teams to be that distinct. And right now, the D-backs are even ahead of them, so it's like you, you got you've got some ground to pick up. Yeah, definitely, we've got some ground to pick up next segment. So we'll be right back. We're going on a commercial break. Nick Kreider, Alex Sopolis, Joshua will join us in just a second. We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 